Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! (laughs) By the watch on my wrist, heck, it's noon! And it's news that you can use from uh, YAA with your dear friends, Zach and Ray. Pre-Thanksgiving, two days before the big turkey day, young man. What's going on? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am muy excelente, as they say in the Southwest. Awesome. Awesome. Well, excited to be back with you, Pops. Yes, two days before Thanksgiving. Excited to have your time here. And let's jump right into things today, Dad. We have the latest data on the used car market are prices starting to finally maybe a little bit hit possibly the peak the the peak the pinnacle? Here, let me let me help now no <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it it appears not jordan's in the house with us it sounds like he must have negotiated because if it's taxable it's negotiable on that butterball turkey he just bought that, that's pretty good in today's market because i even understand there's a turkey shortage i had no idea that they had chips in those damn turkeys but that's how you know when that little red thing pops up to let you know the turkey's done apparently <laughs> it's a smart turkey <laughs> Exactly. Well, well, no, apparently not. If it was a smart turkey, it would have escaped. <laughs> Igor's in the house of us. Leon's here. Justin, thanks for being here as always. All right, Pops, let's hop right into it. We've got the data back on the Join YAA website. We update this page once a week. Every week, BlackBook puts out new numbers on the used car market and what's going on with prices. I also incorporated this week um, uh, data from Cox Automotive as well. They put out their monthly updates. So let me show you. Let's actually start with what I think is the good news here, Dad. I'm going to scroll down to it, and I'll zoom in for you as well. So Cox puts out this data about the total amount of used vehicles that are in inventory, days supply, average listing price, and average mileage. What was compelling here, Dad, is that inventory levels were up 200,000 units from September. Okay, So inventory levels are up 200,000 units from 2.28 million of used vehicles in inventory in September to 2.3 million uh, used vehicles in uh, inventory in September. Oh wait, man, that's not that's not two hundred thousand. That's twenty thousand. Sorry. <sighs> well, anyway, you know, inventory's up slightly. <laughs> I'll bet this after the show. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so inventory's now, up very slightly. Now people will understand how you flunked that calculus course in community college. But the day's supply actually stayed the same, Dad. The day's supply was at 42 uh, for last month, and the day's supply is still 42 for this month. Data from Cox suggests that 1.65 million used cars were sold in October, up from 400, up 400,000. No, no, it's not. It's up 40,000. This is what I get for writing at five in the morning. Up 40,000 units from the 1.61 million that were sold in September. So we are seeing more inventory come into the market because the day's supply has stayed the same, even as more units of inventory have actually been sold. That's a that's a good thing. We want to see more units of inventory in the market. Yes, we do. But we would also like to see um, a correlating reduction in price asked for these 
vehicles. And since the wholesale values continue to go up week over week, um, I believe this was the 13th consecutive week of wholesale price increases that dealers are paying at the auctions. Um, It'll be quite some time since typically retail pricing runs about six to eight weeks behind wholesale pricing. So if, if wholesale prices continue to go up and they are, and there, there appears to be no end in sight, um, then retail prices are going to continue to go up. Um, it might take four five, six, seven weeks before we, we see an additional increase in those retail prices, but it's, it still does not bode well for the consumers out there, the prices they're being asked to pay is still, I believe, uh, significantly higher than it was at this time last year or in comparison to 2019. So we'll jump into more of the data here in just a second. But Pops, like I told you before we hopped on, we are officially live on LinkedIn. So Christina is our first ever LinkedIn live comment commenter, commentator, commenter, commenter. Uh, well, welcome, Christina Wynn. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got approved for LinkedIn live streaming today, and they don't know what they 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 don't know what they just. Well, did. you know, they keep offering me a free month of premium. I have no idea what that means, but they, but like, I just but I just know that after that free month, it ain't free anymore. So I'm not interested. <laughs> is LinkedIn not like the Sirius XM of? social networks like is um it- I, I don't know I, I maybe i should try negotiating with linkedin like i did on sirius xm um because you know they wanted 17.99 a month and i got them down to five dollars yeah there you go if it's taxable yeah. it's negotiable jordan here in the chat saying the gm dealership here in town got 18 trucks this week that's how many they got last month that's that's you know a little bit better okay okay well, well, that's let, but, but, part for dealership May I say one thing, though? Uh, 18 trucks this week. It's the end of the damn month. Uh, so that that could be it for the month. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. We'll jump back into the data in a second here, but Igor's welcoming Christina, and Jordan is reminding us that LinkedIn is the Facebook for getting jobs. That's probably not how they like to have described, but you're spot on. And yes, welcome, Christina. I have no clue if anyone else on LinkedIn joins these things. Uh, yeah, here you go. I'm in a live cult. Oh, I love that. <laughs> we also go live on stitcher and and uh yeah do well christina hasn't heard our 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 joke so use our joke say our joke where else do we go live you got oh it. my god we're we're everywhere we're 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 stitcher we're apple podcast we're tinder bumble and uh don't don't forget to always look for us on that popular j date site okay so back to jeez <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. You approved this LinkedIn. Okay, back to the data. You're spot on, Dad. Here is the most up-to-date from this morning from BlackBook. Wholesale used car prices are now up 48% so far this year. We're going to hit 50% before the end of the year. We're going to surpass 50% before the end of the year. And what was compelling about this week was that we were actually up more week over week than we had been in the most recent weeks. So we were back up to 0.7% of a point up week over week. Last week was 0.58, 0.61 for trucks. Last week was 0.55. So we did see an increase in the week over week, um, you know, variability, velocity of change. It went up and it went up even more. How's your delta? (laughs) 
my delta is actually feeling pretty good. I got the I got the COVID booster on Saturday, and I worked out this morning. I'm feeling good, man. Um, retail listing prices are up to the highest level that they've been so far this year. Thirty three percent retail wholesale price. Retail wholesale retail used car prices are up thirty three percent. I'm gonna pass the mic to you. I'm just I'm just curious. Did did they inject the booster in your brain? <laughs> Uh, yes, retail wholesale prices. Yes, yes, retail prices, asking prices are up thirty-three uh, percent over uh, from the beginning of the year. And typically, historically, this is the time of the year that we see wholesale and retail prices declining, and we are not seeing that this year um, at all. Everything we're seeing is a hundred and eighty degrees from what we have seen in the past. Um, and Igor and others can can uh, share with us, you know, the the shoddiness of some of these vehicles that are being sold at the auctions. Um, the dealerships that that have set a high floor for the uh, selling price that they're willing to accept, um, they're basically saying, "Hey, if it doesn't sell this week, you know what?" We'll leave it there because it'll sell next week. Did you see that data that was in the Black Book report, Dad? It was the, the sales rate again this week was 70% at the auction. So what's happening at the auction is typically this time of year, you've got lease returns yes. coming, to, coming back to the auction. They're not. And you typically have rental fleets getting turned over this time of year. They're not. They're not. You've got a sales rate of 70% at the auction, which is... Traditionally, this time of year, two years ago, was 51%. The sales rate was 51%. So the sales rate is super elevated. And the price floors on these cars are super high because they're inflated in value right now. And the Black Book article talks about this. The reason they're getting bid up, large independent car dealers and rental car companies are buying them at the auction. And they're damaged cars. Yes. They, Black Book said explicitly, they're not seeing good, clean, you know, relatively new used cars at the auction. They are damaged cars. If you had a good, clean, relatively uh, good used car in your possession as a consumer, um, unless it was an extra car, why would you get rid of it? Why would you? I mean, I got a phone call from my dear friend Lee Gottlieb uh, last night because he had gotten a letter from Honda that they're willing to pay 28 something for his wife's CRV, which is more than what he paid for it when he bought it. And he was going, well, you know, does it make sense to do this? Uh, and I said, well, you know, the thing you have to realize, Lee, is that any new car that you look at is going to be marked up significantly. Um, and here's the thing. The dealers can add additional dealer markup. And they do. They're just asking for it. That doesn't mean they expect to actually get it. It just means that they're using it as a negotiation tool. And Lee, God bless him, you know, he's a he's he's a former practicing attorney. He said, well, it's kind of like negotiating a contract. And I promised him I would work this in today's live stream. He said, you either accept it, reject it, or modify it. So whatever the dealer is asking, you have the option to either accept what they're asking for, it, you can reject it out of hand, or you can negotiate a modification. So just because 
dealers are are adding 5, 10, 15, or in the case of that RAV4 the other day, $40,000 in additional dealer markup for, as a market adjustment. You know, that doesn't mean that if you said to them, hey, I'll give you 10,000 of that 40, that they wouldn't take it because it's pure profit. There's there's no cost associated with with asking for that extra money. So remember, you can either accept it, reject it, or modify the offer and, and see what happens. Nicely done, Pops. Yo, so got... I, I have to let Lee know right after this to tune in. <laughs> so uh, Dr. Wisdom here saying, until the vehicle makers can fulfill new vehicle demand, more buyers will be forced to buy used vehicles driving up used car prices. Yep, that's exactly yep. what's happening. Um, We've got from Igor here, you can buy a new car at MSRP and pay your full tax and registration in Florida Franco dock fee. <laughs> I don't have any family in Central Florida. I'm not looking for any family in Central Florida. And still make a profit at the auction. That's worthy of this as well. And, and, and that show me the money. And 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 that right there indicates exactly what is wrong at the moment. Okay, that that you can take a car, turn it into a used car. Look at that. Look at that. You and it, you you take you take these new cars, turn them into a used car, take them to the sale, and make tons more than you could have selling it as a new car. It's there's something wrong at the moment. Yeah. What's wrong? if I may, is that too many people are willing to pay what the dealers are asking for these cars. The solution is to, you ready for this? Stopbuyingcars.com. Okay, stop buying cars. If, if, the, if the demand dwindles, if but people have demand from um, uh, from rental car companies, I mean they're they're putting in. I mean, so it's not just consumers. Like there's no, no. I I get it. Popping up demand. Yeah, I get it because because the rental car companies can't get get fleet cars from the new car manufacturers because they haven't been able to build them. How do you think electrific? electrification is going to impact what we're seeing here. And the reason I ask this question is because likely the week after Thanksgiving, we'll get some confirmation around the EV tax credits for next year. We have an article that's going to go up on the Join YAA website. I'm filming a video later today with Justice and, and Space on the team. They were at the LA Auto Show. Everything is going electric. There's a big push to get consumers in electric cars. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, which is your used internal combustion engine right now car? is worth way more than it should be. And likely in like a year or two, it's probably not going to be worth as much for a variety of reasons, one of which these inflated prices can't stay like this forever. The other being the demand for EVs will be higher than internal combustion engine cars. I mean, you literally have manufacturers saying by 2030, they're going to have like full EV lineups and no ICE cars. I guess I'm just kind of wondering, do you think that's going to influence this precipitous drop from the top that we're inevitably going to see? At some point, but I, I think you're still years away from that because there's just such a vast shortage of both new and pre-owned cars at the moment. And right. as long as the new car shortage continues, that's that's only going to exacerbate the used car shortage because there aren't as many trade-ins. There aren't as many lease returns. There aren't as many repossessions. There aren't as many uh, cars coming out of rental car fleets that are going into used cars. So it, it it this new car shortage just exacerbates the used car shortage and that will continue 
probably for a couple of years uh, before things can get caught back up. There's a lot of like long tail impacts that we can't even really think about because we've never experienced anything like this, but there inevitably will be very long, like long tail impacts, things that happen yeah. two, three years from now that we're thinking, why is this going on? Oh, wait, it's because there was a year where 11 million cars weren't produced that were supposed to be and all those loans were... Oh, man. And and I got to tell you, uh, Igor in the chat here is mentioning to us. And guess what, Ray and Zach, whoever bought those Mavericks from me at auction will take them to their store and charge more money to retail them to the public. Absolutely. And they'll make back end profit. They'll make yeah. money on the loans. Yeah. So here's a question I have, though. And, that, and it kind of ties in with these Mavericks. I posted a TikTok about the RAV4 that's marked up $45,000, $50,000. Has over a million views, by the way, which is mind boggling to me. That on that um, TikTok, Dad, there were lots of comments like, "What bank would finance this?" And honestly, seeing Igor's comment here about selling, you know, these trucks at the auction for ten, twelve over sticker, and then they're going to get retailed for maybe twenty over sticker plus title, tax, registration. How the hell are people financing these things? Like, we got to talk to Jared and Laura from the Black Book team again to understand what what the banks are thinking right now. How the heck can you get financing for this stuff? It makes no sense to me. Well, you know, we keep seeing it in in other statistics statistics that we've seen, which is that the size of the average down payment for people has gone up significantly. And the reason for that is so that they can keep the loans within the lending guidelines set up by the various uh, banks. Um, so yes, if a dealer is asking $40,000 over and, and say they get $20,000 over, well, that's already way more than a bank would finance for somebody with um, really excellent credit, top tier credit. So if if that person, if there's a person that says, yeah, I'll pay you 20,000 over. Well, that per oh, my God, that person is, is going to is finds themselves in a position that they can afford to put more cash down in order to get into a loan. Um, but yeah, at 165% of values, um, you know, I, I guess it's just a question of uh, when we'll be bailing Wells Fargo out again. Yeah, just, just for everyone who listens to the podcast afterwards, Igor says in the chat, Wells Fargo, 165% is what they're loaning up to of vehicle value, oh. which is crazy, crazy, crazy. And every, I know Capital One goes up to 150%. There's a lot of there's a lot of banks and financial institutions that will go up 130, 140, 150. I've never heard well, of the, the, the the max used to be like 140, okay? Um, and, and you had to be uh, top-tier credit to even qualify. Um, if if there if there are banks that are willing to go up to 150 165% that's that's lunacy because at a certain point that's going to come back to bite you especially 2 years from now when when um, everything kind of sort of normalizes and you see that precipitous drop in the values of these vehicles and these people all realize that they are so far underwater that they will just walk away from these car loans like people did during the Great Recession when they walked away from their home mortgages. So what they saw no point in, in, in paying a mortgage on a home that is never going to have positive equity. 
So what happens? We talked a little bit about this yesterday. There was the Wall Street Journal article that talked about when you're in, in situations of supply shortages, that's traditionally throughout history been followed up by a supply surplus. That everyone, It's capitalism. Everyone wants to make more money. So they figure out ways to ramp up production. They build more of what people want, what's in demand. Then you end up in a supply surplus. If we end up in a supply surplus and we also end up in an area or in a situation where there was, what, 1.65 million used cars that were sold last month. And those those 1.65 million used cars that were sold last month, I don't know what percentage of them were financed. But even if it was half, which it was likely much more than half of them. But even okay, here, half, I can help you with that. Um, about 94% of all people finance a vehicle. Great. So about it, 6% nine, pay cash. If it was 9 out of 10, that means there's 1.45 million used cars out there that have what we would say are very, very, very much so underwater, you know, car loans. So what happens? What happens when supply comes back on the new car side? What happens when it's EV supplied cars? Because that is going to be the push, right? There's going to be all these tax incentives. We see it. That's maybe three to five years out instead of the, the one to three year vision or, you know, viewpoint. But what the heck happens, man? I, I mean, I don't think we're seeing recessionary type stuff happening today. There's just too much money being printed. There's trillions of dollars and bills and whatnot being, being tossed around. So that's not a concern. The inflation is a concern. But like five years from now, holy cow. People well, are you know, if, if if there is the $4,000 pre-owned EV credit, you know, people that are that are um, uh, proud possessors of negative equity on their internal combustion engine cars can help, uh, can use that $4,000 to help mitigate the amount of negative equity that they have. And, and hopefully they can get out of that ice car and into an EV. Yeah. So that that might be a way out in the future for some people. Definitely, definitely. Absolutely crazy times what's going on right now. And um, yeah, wanted to bring it to everyone's attention this week. Potentially some good news, not really some good news, but eventually there'll be good news. Yeah, hopefully I'll still be alive when we have it. <laughs> so we also had dad die. Yes. News yesterday, the Charger and Challenger are going to be gone by 2024. EVs are going to replace them. This is surprising news because Dodge is one of the few brands that hadn't come out and said, hey, we're going all in on the EV side. Chevy is another brand that's kind of you know sticking with uh, you know, big engines and things like that. And the Charger and the Challenger are... They have like cult followings, you know, the SRTs, the Hellcats, like those are performance vehicles that people love because of their big engines, their loud noises. They're no longer going to be coming into production after 2024. Well, you know, maybe when, when gas hits $7.50 a gallon or $8 a gallon, uh, they'll be damn glad that they're now electric vehicles and no longer uh, internal combustion engine vehicles. It, it, it is... It is a major shift for a car company that um, personifies muscle cars. It's I a, mean, that is of an era. I mean, where else are you going to get a muscle car? I guess like a Chevy Camaro, I guess. Well, you know, we, we think of muscle cars as cars with big engines, a lot of horsepower that can go from zero to 60 like really fast. Well, guess what? Electric vehicles can can go from zero to 60 in a lot of cases faster than those internal combustion engine cars. Um, so you tell me, what do you if you just wanted to make a big ass loud sound as you're doing it? Well, I guarantee you they can program that in <laughs> so that when you hit the gas, it's going to sound like, you know, wait, wait, what's it going to sound like? Nothing. <laughs> 
It's not going <laughs> to, I'm not doing that again. You know, I'll, I'll hurt my throat. And I won't be able to be on the show tomorrow. Um, but my point is they can, they can artificially program in those type of sounds to uh, make you feel better about the fact that you're going from zero to 60 in three and a half seconds. Um, and it's really an electric car that doesn't make a lot of noise in, in, you know, they, they can program in the, the, the sound. So you, you get that I mean, adrenaline flowing. Uh, internal combustion engine cars have been doing that for a long time. That's that's yes. uh, yeah. You got justice right here. They already have that. I can pump that sound out of my Model Three, and also in in cars that have traditional engines, they they yeah. uh, do that just as well. I think what's surprising here is the fact that yeah, this is a brand that had been built on muscle cars, and and even they're going uh, in the EV push, and and we didn't put it as part of the show notes. We won't dive too deep into it, but the, the headline story yesterday in automotive news and even this morning for most of this morning was all about the science behind going towards EV and where all the resources are needed for it and the global supply chain for that. And so even the uh, uh, industry publications are no longer just talking about this as, as a bit of a side project. I mean, it's the focus of the industry is on, well, on and, and, battery and, materials. Yeah. I mean, where are they going to get all the rare earth materials? I mean, there's got to be a reason they're called rare earth materials. Okay, it, it, they're not calling them plentiful earth materials. It's not like it's coal. Okay, these are rare earth materials, which means you're just here for the plentiful earth materials. Line. Yeah, it, it means they're rare. Damn it! It's and, so good and, that we're on LinkedIn today because you're just dropping so much educational knowledge. Well, I I don't know that I'm dropping. I'm just dropping a little common sense. Um, so so perhaps they need to find other things that that ain't so rare and aren't concentrated in uh, uh, just certain regions of the world. Um, I I don't. I mean, they're, Bob's they're, Igor in the chat says, Ray, I think you just got a new job at EV car companies that can use that sound patent on that sound. <laughs> Oh man! There's not a big enough bowl to make that much poop. That that would be good if when you hit the gas, that came out of the exhaust. <laughs> I'm gonna clip it. Don't worry, I will clip it. Yeah. Um, Pops. Another thing that was in the news we didn't get a chance to to put in the show notes, but tied back to to what Dodge is doing. They're moving to EVs by 2024. Porsche just came out with this. Literally came out this morning. They're going to be building a new flagship. That's actually above their Cayenne model. I'll just pull that up on the screen here. So they're going to move to their first three-row seater uh, SUV, trying to appeal to more fa uh, families. Um, and for some reason, younger buyers. I don't know what younger buyers want a three-row SUV for, but they're adding a flagship above the Cayenne, which I thought was interesting. Okay, so so basically they're, they're saying that they want to make a soccer mom's um, a Porsche SUV, three-row SUV that that'll probably sell for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, <laughs> it's like Audi has the Q7, BMW now has the X7, and now we're gonna have a Porsche comparable. Gotcha. It's just what the world needs. I I, I, I will say I will say no more. Other, it's just it's just what every soccer mom needs, or soccer dad. Or soccer dads, yes. Let's yeah, hop into, yeah. You know, when you're when you're schlepping all those kids, you know, you you really do want to get there in a hurry because it's just much safer that way. Really, <laughs> really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding. kidding. 
All right, so I want to jump into something that I saw on Twitter last night, Dad. This is truly, I hope that someday we can get to this level of, uh, I think the technical term is called trolling. So I want to show you what Elon Musk was up to last night, Dad. If you go on Twitter, yeah, Lean Technica published an article talking about how Chevy Bolt production has been halted through 2021. We touched on this a little bit yesterday on our show. It's you know a little bit disappointing the fact that they are no longer going to be able to produce the bolts and the bolts that are on the road. They have a software fix, but the software fix reduces the battery capacity. The bright side here is you can now park your bolt in your garage again, and it no longer has to social distance 50 feet away from everyone else, right? Yes. Elon Musk the wealthiest man in the world was on Twitter last night and said, transforming America. I think what he's going for here, dad, is he's calling out Chevy and saying, great job building electric vehicles. You're transforming America. He's trolling Chevy on Twitter. That is to me, pretty bold for, for the wealthiest man in the world. One of the most, probably the most influential person in the world. That's not, you know, in government. That's crazy. Well, well, I I don't think when you're the wealthiest man in the world that you know you can do whatever the hell you want. You know that's all. It's I I don't think it takes a lot of nerve to do what he's doing when he's in when he's when he's in the position that he's in. Um, you know, GM would would only hope to be in the same position someday because Mary Barra keeps saying, well, we want to be valued like Tesla. Um, well, that ain't happening anytime soon. Nope, nope. I just found it hilarious that that's like what he's doing on Twitter late at night and taking shots at Chevy. And honestly, the Bolt, what's happened with the Bolt is terrible. I mean, it's truly yes. terrible. Like the fact that 20 Bolts have just simultaneously combusted and caught on fire reminds you of the Ford Pinto and the news that came out earlier this year, what was it back in like June or July where, or maybe it was September even where, um, you know, GM said, don't park your bolt in your garage and park it 50 feet away from everyone else. Cause it might just catch on fire. Like, I mean, it's bad. Also welcome Brianna. We are live today for the first time ever on LinkedIn. Fundamentally don't understand why LinkedIn would allow us to do this, but we are thrilled about it. Yes. Yes. I, I, you know, I woke up this morning Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know this. I woke up this morning and, and top of mind was, damn it, someday I hope we can be live on LinkedIn. And then I get on the show and you and you basically said to me, Dad, I just made one of your dreams come true. <laughs> Dad, I want you to grow your professional network and now you have an opportunity here to do that. Well, first of all, I would have to be professional and that <laughs> and that may never happen. Igor says in the chat, he is one of the most interesting and fun young billionaires who can relate to common folks. Musk is awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. He's like, he he connects with his, the people that like him, like him. They go deep with them. The people that don't like him, hate him. They go really deep on their hatred. But it was funny. <laughs> it was really, really funny to see that that, that tweet. Yeah, uh, I mean, someday I hope we're in a position where we can do the same thing to others who, who um, uh, bash us. Justice reminding us that all cars can catch on fire, but the Bolt did it at a rate that was 2,500% <laughs> higher than average. Oh, yeah, that's true. All cars can catch on fire. You know, that, that would be a good title for a new book. All cars can catch on fire. Thankfully, most don't. <laughs> all right, Pop. So I appreciate your time today. Look forward to doing this again tomorrow with you. And then Thanksgiving Thursday, we will not be live on Thursday. We will have a video that goes out on the YAA YouTube channel. So check that out. We're thankful and appreciative of everyone that joins us for these streams. Pops, thank you for your time as well. I look forward to talking to you later on today.
uh, you know, chances are I'll I'll be available. I, I I don't have much on my calendar today. All right, Dad. I love you. Thanks so much. I love you too, handsome. See you later. Chop Spork. Yeah, buddy. Yep. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. soon.